You know, we got a good group of guys and I feel like we got coverage and rush that's working well with each other. Um, and you affect the quarterback in that way. It's going to be hard for them to get in the groove. Now that my groove is coming and I feel more snappy, more pop, um, just to be able to go out there and help the team even more. You know, I just want to help the team more. I want to I want to win the Super Bowl. You are listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 113. And we're winners, baby, or at least the Minnesota Vikings are. The Vikings earn their first win of the season, a drumming of the Seattle Seahawks, 30-17. to You really can't say enough about how big that win was for not only, you know, the first win of the season, but to, you know, slay the Seahawks dragon, I guess you could say, kind of snap the streak here. And of course, you can't forget about the performance all in front of the home crowd. It was such a great atmosphere, the grand reopening of U.S. Bank Stadium, will be a memory that most Viking fans won't soon forget. And, you know, Chris, you've been here for six seasons. What was that like for you being back in there? Finally, we had fans back at U.S. Bank Stadium, and finally we beat Russell Wilson. <laughs> yes. Those That combination for me was just, I can't even tell you, the, the intro sequence that we covered in last week's MVP I'm giving a shout out to my guy Darius Smith, um, who really put a lot of work in, and uh, the Vikings Entertainment Network team. Just unbelievable with that intro sequence, the Minnesota Orchestra. It was like, I mean, I had chills. It, it set yes. the scene for the whole day, and you even heard it from Mike Zimmer. He, he, you know, talked about it in the post game press conference. The environment, the fans, the team really feeds off that, and we saw it on the offensive side of the ball the most. Kirk Cousins is playing the best that he's played in his Vikings career so far. Um, Hasn't made a mistake yet. I haven't seen him make a mistake. And when he makes mistakes, that's when the fans get on him. And that's when, you know, the defense is put in tough situations. But, man, it's the offense that has been carrying us so far this season, led by Kirk Cousins. And the guy who usually carries this podcast, Jay Nelson. What did oh you think of it? Thought it was amazing. Uh, a really quick thing, too, with those intros. Uh, principal players that also were in on that, besides Darius, was Greg Bostrom, who was kind of leading the whole group that we talked to last mm-hmm. week. Arthur Koo and Jesse Marquette. Those were kind of the visionaries and that stuff and the execution. So shout out to all those guys that have been doing this stuff for months and months and months to get ready. And it seems like it was well received. Yeah. And, you know, as much as like the dramatics and all that was so much fun as a video nerd myself the opening sequence shot when you think about like running through places and opening all the doors making sure everyone's in the right places like that's the kind of stuff that gave me anxiety watching but I was also like so impressed at the same time because you have like one shot to get that done if you don't if you haven't seen it I'd go watch it but it's it's pretty cool yeah and and talking to those guys about just even execution all the planning everything that went into it uh the amount of takes that they actually did to get it done was pretty minimal. So it was really great wow. for those guys. They they really did see a vision and they executed it perfectly. So it was great. Uh, as far as the rest of the game went, uh, I think that the Seahawks had a nine minute and 50 second uh, time of possession for the last 40 minutes of the game. So like defense was stopping them on offense, turning the ball over. And that offense was just grinding down the field and just eating up the clock and not giving them the ability to get a chance to come back in that game. So it was just as a Vikings fan and after the anxiety of the, the previous two weeks and, and just not getting it done at the end to see them have a an, an emphatic win uh, last week was just a great thing to watch. Definitely, for sure. Gabe, it was your first U.S. Bank Stadium game filled with fans. 
Did you get the goosies? I had the goosies from the start. So I usually sit up in the booth with PA. And so before kickoff, I usually have my headphones in. And there was a moment when I guess the lights didn't dim, but there was a moment when the drum, you know, doom, mm-hmm. doom, like in the video. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my head to- headphones off for this. And then I saw the snow coming down. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is probably the best sporting pregame sporting event I've ever experienced. And it did not disappoint Darius, Greg Bostrom, Arthur Koo, uh, Jesse Marquette, all those guys that were involved with the pregame. They did an amazing job. And like, I, I, I was hype. I had to like calm myself down. There's a few clips of uh, me and PA and they're just like going crazy beside each other. So it, it was one of those experiences that if you're not there, you really can't explain it. And for me being my first game, I'm like, I want more. And the fact that it's going to continue to get better, I'm like, okay, well, if it continues to get better and the play on the field gets better too, I don't think any Vikings fans would be mad with that. No, and that's the thing. Like, this is intro sequence is going to be every week. So if you're listening to this and you didn't get a chance to go and you got tickets for a game down the line, like, it's going to be the same thing. So you're going to get those same feelings. As the guy who's numbed himself to uh, the emotions of football just to try to give myself some self-preservation. I will say this uh, after the intro sequence started and the first trunk was done and it kind of goes to black and then it picks up to the the second portion of it. The fans all stood up and cheered. It was just a giant cheer throughout the sta- uh, stadium. And I literally like started tearing up. I was like, I missed this so much. Sure. I missed the fans so much. And to have that reaction happen, just at that moment, even before the rest of it was about to kick in, it really got to me. I was like, man, I really, really missed having the energy and the fans back in the building. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. My first game as well at U.S. Bank Stadium. I never seen it empty before, but it looks pretty great filled up. And I will again like it was just an amazing experience. I found myself in the press box. I was videoing it from the front first row trying to like capture the moments. And I found myself cheering, which is, you know, not allowed. And I was like, okay, Tatum, you got to rein that in because you're going to get kicked out of the press box. But um, but no, it, it was it was beautiful. It was amazing. I got chill bumps. I mean, I am also like Jay, where I'm a little numb to those kinds of things now when you work in the sports for a while. It's hard to explain to people. When you work in sports, sometimes the magic of it kind of loses its luster, um, especially when you uh, have done it for a really long time. And I felt it come back some. And I usually don't feel it except for maybe like an LSU pregame because, you know, when it's your alma mater, it's a little different, too. When it's your home team, it's different. And so this was on that level for me, no doubt. I was super pumped. I I agree. I mean, if you don't get excited for that kind of intro, I don't (laughs) know what in this world you're going to get excited for. But I just want to tell all Vikings fans to go to Vikings.com or any of the platforms. There is a really cool video of the whole sequence. I think it's featured on our website as of this recording. Go check that out. And it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the coolest videos that the Vikings Entertainment Network has done in a really long time. As of this recording, we're recording on Wednesday, which is Tatum's birthday. So I want to give a quick shout out to <laughs> Tatum. I love happy, it. Happy. Um, and you got to win a day before your birthday and it's game week. So I'm hoping for another win for you. I hope so, too. Yeah, I was I knew that the home Get opener was. Get us another was, win, Tatum. I know. <laughs> I knew it was around my birthday and I was really pumped about it. I was like, that is a heck of a way to celebrate my birthday would be with, you know, 
all of the Vikings fans at U.S. Bank. My parents came to the game. It was their awesome. first time to Minnesota. So they had a, a, a fantastic time. Um, I know that it's it's no secret I'm from Louisiana, and they they walked away being like, that puts the Superdome to shame. This <laughs> this stadium is beautiful. That says a lot. That says yeah. a lot. Yeah. My New Yorkers said the same thing they about really? MetLife Stadium. And, you know, the, that place is kind of new. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, like comparing it to other NFL stadiums, and they're like, what did they do when they built MetLife Stadium? This U.S. Bank Stadium is <laughs> yeah. something else. So Great experience. It's hard yeah. to top. It's Very hard to hard. top. So, yeah, definitely get your tickets for that one. Head to the website, watch the video. I think it's good to watch the video, too, to prepare yourself if you're going to the game as well. Well, we have an exciting show ahead for you guys. We'll reflect on the victory. Plus, we have the sack daddy himself, Everson Griffin, joins the podcast for the first time since his return to Minnesota. Plus, we're going to take a look ahead at Sunday's big showdown because as much as it is to to relish in victory... It's also a very tough matchup against a 2-1 and Cleveland Browns team. It's a noon kickoff at U.S. Bank Stadium, and we welcome in former Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski and his Baker Mayfield-led Browns. And so, uh, in a twist of events since the first two weeks, we kind of created a tradition of venting. We don't have to vent this week, which is a nice, I love it. nice break. We're riding a high. So, I'm going to use the same rules, though. I'm going to give you guys a minute to talk about the most positive thing you took away from the game, calling it a power minute of positivity. And so, Corso, you do the honors of going first. I'm going to set up my timer and we'll get it going. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited to actually I have a feeling be, you're going to ooze positive. positivity. <laughs> I ooze positivity and ooze negative. I can go either way. So. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. I'm throwing the shout outs. I already talked about Kirk Cousins. My shout out goes to Justin Jefferson and his route running ability. I called for it earlier on in the week. I wanted to see a big game from him. I wanted to see his first touchdown and dance in the end zone. We got that right away with an unbelievable, you know, out route to the corner of the end zone. And that was one of the best throws of the day from Kirk Cousins. Um, just the timing of the route, the situation we were in, and we really needed a score in that moment. And that was one of the best plays of the Vikings season so far. So really have to give credit to Justin Jefferson for coming out. Um, he d- had never knew what it was like to play in front of Vikings fans like that, you know, in a stadium full at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I'm throwing a shout-out to him and Adam Thielen. I, I, whenever you need something... Go to the consistent number 19, Adam Thielen. I mean, every single game, he's one of the best red zone targets in the NFL. So the combination of those two, I don't I don't know. I don't know who's better. Does that, is it, does that get me to a minute, Tate? Right Ooh. now. There we go. Good job. Good job. Very nice. That's a good one. I like that one. And I'm not going to say it's because my dad bought a Justin Jefferson jersey and wore it to the game, yeah. but it might be because my dad wore a Justin Jefferson jersey. <laughs> no, I mean, they're big LSU fans, obviously. So he looked great. That that catch, I mean, I've watched that replay of that touchdown catch uh, a billion times now. Just the way... Um, his hand. He's got such good hands. And it was good to see him bounce back after not that he like had a, the drops or anything, but it was good to see him have his moment here in front of the fans. Uh, the crawl out of the when they said his name last, the crawl out of the out of the ship. ship. Yes. Yep. Thank you for the for the words. Um, the crawl out of the ship was I mean, you can imagine he was just living his best life. He loved it. He loved every second of it. It was his yeah. first game with fans, too. So, so. cool. He was relishing in the moment For also, sure. and I'm sure he's going to want more home games like that in the rest of his career, which I think he will be. I think he'll, he'll, get, he'll, a he'll get that. He'll For get sure. more opportunities like that. The big thing was when he got on the video board at the end of the game and he was dancing on the bench. And I was like, this guy just gets it. 
he gets it. So, Corso, to your point, great, great job. I love it. All right, Jay. Yes. I'll count you down. All righty. Three, two. Will you be the time master again? No, I'm kidding. One, uh, three, we'll <laughs> two, one. Uh, for me, best part about the game was the performance of Alexander Madison. I think everyone had a little bit of anxiety all week long trying to figure out, is Dalvin going to be in? Is he not? He's kind of the guy that helps drive the engine of the offense. Alexander Madison stepped in and had 171 all-purpose yards. And there were some really great runs, but they also got him going in the screen game as well. Uh, had a really nice 25-yard run where he broke it to the outside off of some really uh, shifty and, and smart uh, play call there on the line. And just to see him get downhill as fast as he could. But then there were also a couple times where he was more patient than normal, at least from what we've seen in years past. That's the thing that I think took him to that next level. So to have Alexander Madison step in those shoes and to do what he did, I think is not only going to help him help this team in the long run for the season, knowing they can swap those guys in and out and you, you're not going to skip a beat on top of that. Uh, offensive line play was just amazing. Close. I mean, you got like six seconds to spare out the past two weeks. Close. So we could. It's all good. Good job. That's my time. Good job. Yeah, no, he looked amazing. He's actually going to be our game day live interview this week. So you're going to definitely want to check that out uh, in the on game day live on Fox 9 at 930 in the morning this week to get you ready. But, yeah, it's great to see him answer the call. I know he doesn't get as many starts as, you know, Cook does, but he only had 22 snaps. Yeah. In the first two games. And to answer the call, like you said, it was just it was very impressive. I mean, I and personally, like I've actually, you know, I've seen him play, but I hadn't seen him play. And I was I felt like it was like Dalvin part two at Sunday. Dalvin's got the shiftiness to him. Alexander can be that guy. It, I, I brought it up on, on Skull Stories earlier talking to Pete uh, earlier this week. Just reminds me of Latavius Murray, where he he's the guy that can come in as needed. You need a couple yards. He can bulldog his way to get what you need on those kind of things. But if he needs to make a move in the open field or vision wise, he's got all that stuff, too. So, like, he's the the best part for a, a coaching staff at this point is to say, if Delvin does get nicked up like he is, it's not like we have to completely change our offensive game plan. You can put him in there and he is going to produce for you. And as we saw this week, 171 yards of offense was was a really, really good um, and so to have Alexander step up like that when, when you know, the team called on him to do it was just awesome. He faced eight men or more in the box 57.69% of the time. That's crazy. As a comparison, Chris Carson, it was about 8% for Seattle, yeah. from Seattle. So the fact that he had, you know, they were keying in on him and he still was able to produce is very impressive. It says a lot about the offensive line, too, and what they were able for to sure. do. For sure. I mean, they, yeah. they've really improved. I think you heard it from Mike Zimmer, too. The offensive line has improved yeah. every single week. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they've been, you know, especially in the run game. The past two games, we've had our way with mm-hmm. both teams in the run game. Bro, Gabe. stop stop taking my positive. Okay, uh, all right, all right. Well, bro. Gabe, we'll oh, go on the I'm losing. I'm losing. Oh. Oozing positivity. Oh man, oh man. It's like that it's like one of those words that just kinda like ugh gets yeah, not me every word. time. Like like moist it's or like something. A, like a fruit gusher. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's change the subject, Gabe. It's your turn. Ready? Three, two, one. Well, my purple positivity this week has to be Clint Kubiak. 
Uh, the first two weeks, we haven't seen this offense at full capacity as far as like getting in certain down and distances to be able to see how this offense will work. This will come, well, this past Sunday, the first play of the game was a seven-yard run to Alexander Madison. Second play of the game, 20-yard screen to Alexander Madison. Third play of the game, play-action pass to Tyler Conklin. The fact that Clint Kubiak did not shy away from the fact that Dalvin was playing, I think you got to give credit to him because he's like, hey, I can still put my offense in no matter who the player is, no matter who's what personnel it is, and we can still have success. Um, it, it's always good to see like your tight end, like a Tyler Conklin, have a big day. It's always good to see us running the ball down the hill. I mean, I think the biggest thing was being 9 of 14 on third down. And if you think about, I mean, technically we were 8 of 13. The last, the last third down, we just ran the ball just to run the clock out. But the fact that Clint Kubiak was confident in his play calling ability, I don't think anybody can be mad about that. Nice. And and as Zimmer said, it is nice to be able, I'm sure he breathes a sigh of relief not having to call third and longs like they were in the first game. So he's starting to get more comfortable. The team's more comfortable with him. You can tell he has a good relationship with Kirk, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and the time that Kirk has in the pocket is, is not as much as he had last season. It's like down about a second. Yeah. Um, he's averaging like two and a half seconds in the pocket. And so for him to be that comfortable to make Kirk comfortable, we know he loves his time. And I think that that builds confidence on the offensive line also. When you can say, hey, all you got to do is hold your guy for two seconds and we can get the ball out as an offensive lineman. You're like, okay, yeah. if I'm great right here, I don't have to worry about anything else. And it, it forces you, okay, if, if, if two seconds is the, is the bar, I'm going to make it three. So yeah. you're just building confidence and everybody's getting better. And the difference in that, too, is Kirk is making quicker decisions. Yeah. Yes. Where he's getting that ball yes. out of his hands. Decisive. Because, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that's a, a winning combination across the board. Third down, we were we averaged third and six this past Sunday. Of course, the the fir- uh, week Big one, difference. we were like third and 15, third and 14. So huge difference. You can be able to go a little deeper in your playbook. So Clint Kubiak, kudos. And the conversion of third downs. I think that's what I complained about last 64%. week. Potentially. That's what a great glow up there. What a globe. All right, I'm ready to go. Three, two, one. All right, when I was driving into downtown on Sunday, um, I'm listening to satellite radio, which is something I don't do very normal normally, but uh, Kryptonite came on, and I was like, oh, no. Russell Wilson, it's the Vikings Kryptonite, 7-0. But I had a weird feeling. I was like, this is going to be the game, that they're going to be able to get the monkey off the back, Russell Wilson... They struggled last week in the second half, or the week before that in the second half. Knowing that that could be a possibility, they took advantage of it. The Vikings made adjustments. They took Russell out of the game. And he, like you said, time of possession was everything. He had no time to really make anything happen. And I just think that's that's the biggest takeaway for me. Because it could have been... It could have been Another one of those games that I keep hearing about now that I'm in Minneapolis, but you know, it wasn't. And I'm just really happy to see it happen. I thought it was great. That's all I had. I really wasn't going to get too much of the X's and O's because I was just like sitting here being like, man, this is, this is huge. This is huge. If, uh, one of the things I've heard about when looking at the schedule when I first came here was just, man, that Russell Wilson game. He, ha- he has our number. Yeah. He Not had, anymore. Had Not anymore. Number. Seven and one. Not anymore. But know? he never had. That, I think that was the big thing, right? He had never played at U.S. Bank Stadium. So yep. worst case scenario, yeah. yep. he finally played a road game against us and was able to experience what the Purple Faithful can do to opposing quarterbacks. So I think that 
is going to play dividend this upcoming Sunday and, and so on and so forth. But it was good to see uh, Russell Wilson get a little rattled. And you saw the Seattle offense using all of their seconds on the play clock, too, and having to do a lot of check down audibles. Yeah. And he's running up and down the field trying to tell everybody what to do as the fans are getting louder and louder. So, you know, kudos to the fans listening to this thing. Bring it again this weekend. We yep. can definitely use it against Cleveland Browns. And speaking of rattling Russell Wilson, that can is a great segue into our podcast guest this week. We are so happy to have the sack daddy, Everson Griffin, joining us now. And our guest this week for the Minnesota Vikings podcast, the first time since being back here at TCOPC, is Everson Griffin. And you said it first when you walked in, you said... Finally, feel like I'm in my stride. I think a lot of people saw that on Sunday. Yeah, um, I feel like you know, just being back here. Um, I've been back for about a month now. Um, my body's coming around, and you know, today I had a good practice, and you know, I feel like you know my groove is coming, and that's a good thing. Russell Wilson has had this team's number for a while, but it seems like he got a little bit of payback this past week, especially with your sack in the game. Um, you know, overall, how did you feel like the unit played, especially in the second half? Um, I feel like we played well. I feel like we found our groove in the second half. You know, first half, you know, we had a lot of guys, you know, I think trying to make plays and instead of just playing the keys. And I feel like we have to um, just stick to what we know and um, that's playing your keys and playing your blocks. First sack back with the team. Um what did you see? What did it feel like? And what was it able or what did you feel like when you're able to finally do your dance too? <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just this running out the tunnel, you know, just being back in that atmosphere, you know, with the best fans, you know, it felt it felt great. Um, you know, and getting my first sack back in the stadium. Um, it was amazing just to be able to, you know, celebrate with my teammates and, you know, um, give our team some motivation, I say some, you know, to be able to, you know, go out there and finish the game. At some point, does it kind of feel like you just fit right back in despite the time in between? Um, I think it's coming along, but it's still it's still um, it, it took a little bit to get back in the flow and, you know, get get, you know, um, reacquainted with, the, you know, my old teammates and stuff. But, you know, it, it, I feel like it's starting to, you know, flow the right way and, you know, we're getting back to there. But it's also a lot of new faces on the defense yeah. as well. So I'm sure that's part of it, too. Yeah, it's a lot of new guys. You know, this team is very young and, you know, um, you know, but just being around, you know, Barr, Harrison, you know, Daniil, um, Sheldon. I was with Sheldon, Amon, you know, Coach P. Zimmer. So, you know, seeing those guys, um, it, it feels good. But you got another guy um, who is a little bit of a seasoned vet, got some uh, long tooth out there uh, in Patrick Peterson. So it must be nice to have somebody that's, you know, maybe never, you know, grew up in the TikTok culture, yeah. as we like to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, I'm the real I'm the, I'm the real OG on the team, you know, going to 12 years, you know, I, I, I might be the oldest. You know, I didn't I didn't actually look that up, but you you just I think, might. I think I might be the oldest, but I feel like the youngest. So that's Do that's you? all that matters. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I was like, look, I I, I look down at that, you know, the, <laughs> ten years down the road, I'm like, man, I'm I'm getting older. There are moments I'm sure you yeah. kinda look in the locker and I you're feel, like, oh. Yeah, I feel I feel I'm thirty three, but I don't feel thirty three. I feel about twenty eight, I'll say. Hey, I think the 30s are some of the best years, honestly. Yeah, we try to make them each year the best. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I'm new here um, into the Minnesota Vikings, and I know everyone was very excited to have you back and really pumped to see the Sack Daddy dance. And I just need to know a little bit more about that. Like, what are the origins? How did that all start? Okay, so it was my rookie season, and it was me and Chris Cook. Um, and I was I was just talking, and I was like, you know what? Um, and they had that that song. I think it was the sack, uh, Cat Daddy or something like that song. 
And I was like, man, I'm going to slide to the left, slide to the right, and I'm going to flex on him. And he was like, yo, you should do that. And then ever since then, it was in an indoor at the old winter park. It was a walkthrough on a Saturday, I remember. And, you know, we just sitting there talking, and that's when it came up. And it's been that and way ever since. Every, huh? That way ever since. What um what was the key to keeping Seattle scoreless there in the second half? Um, I feel like we 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 played the run better and we affected Russell. Um, you know, we got Danielle coming off the edge. We got the DJ. We got you know we got a good group of guys and you know the back end they cover well too. So I feel like we got coverage and rush that's working well with each other. Um, and you affect the quarterback and Russell. He's a really good quarterback when you affect the quarterback in that way. Um. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to get in a groove. You could see the adjustments and the way that you guys were starting to really affect the game as it went on, like you mentioned. Is that similar to how this defense is just learning their identity and kind of getting better with every contest as you go? You know, like I keep on talking, it, it takes time to get in the groove, to get in the feel of each player. I feel like, um, as you've seen last game, Dalvin had a great game. You know, Pierce is playing well. Um, Daniil is being Daniil. Um, Gumby, you know, he could do it all. <laughs> um, DJ co com coming into the second year, you know, he's progressing very well. And um, I feel like once the upfront guys start, playing their keys and blocks, it just helps the back end do their job. So I feel like it's all coming together at the right time. And we just got to build off each and every day, build off each practice, each rep, and always forget about the last play. If you messed up on that last play, you got to throw it away, do, do whatever with it, and move on to the next play to be able to, you know, progress and get better during the game. What has the difference in the locker room been like after like before and after the win, like what can a win do for a team like this? You know, you know, th those two games against Cincinnati and the Cardinals, um, you know, those was winnable games, you know, one play away in Cincinnati, one play away with the Cardinals. So, you know, I don't feel like the the morale has been it was it wasn't down. We mm -hmm. weren't in tanks, but it was like, all right, it was a sense of urgency that, you know, we have to go out and get this game. But coming off a win, you know, guys are happier. You 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 kind of want to practice on a Wednesday, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. You, know, you want to practice a little bit on a Wednesday and um, you know, and you you waiting, you trying to improve each and every day to get to the game on Sunday to do it all over again. So now you've got the Browns coming to town. They have a very talented run game. I know that's going to be a focus for you guys with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So have you watched some of the film this week? Do you kind of know what you're getting yourselves into? Um, I feel like we just got to be good with our blocks. We have to stay in our gaps. And um, it's got to be a team swarm to the ball to come tackle these dudes. Um, you know, it's got to be in your gap. Um Stay in your gap, find the ball, and um, get to the ball and make a good tackle. Um, they run hard. You know, they're physical backs. They have good vision, and it's going to be a team effort to be able to stop it. We're going to have to stay in our gaps, get off the blocks, pursue to the ball, and it's going to have to be a, a, a race to, to get there to help each guy get them down because they're good backs. How much do they tap you as a resource, or maybe some of your teammates tap you as a resource because you've seen a Stefanski offense work here and now you're going up against his offense mm -hmm. in Cleveland. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of the same kind of offense that we run here with the Vikings with Kurt. Um I feel like, you know, um you have to be you have to be right in your gap. You know, they're going um they gonna flow fast to the right, flow fast to the left, they're gonna do boots, they're gonna press you, they don't kick, they're gonna they're gonna find ways to get you out of your gaps. And you just gotta be right with your eyes, right with your technique, and you gotta press blocks, get off blocks and go to the ball. 
Um, you mentioned Kirk a second ago. He's playing with his hair on fire right now. I mean, have you seen him play better in his career? No. Um, honestly, he's playing. He's playing great football right now. He's playing lights out. Um, he just got to keep it going, keep that fire, and you know, um, keep the offensive line. The offensive line, they're doing a wonderful job blocking them up front. You know, um, like we always say, plays are going to happen when he gets sacked or you know, tackle for losses. The guys on the other side, they get paid as well. But the way he's rebounding and the way the offensive line is coming in the wide receivers are all gelling together. Um, it, it's, it's really fun to see. You touched on it just in the beginning of the podcast with um, the return to U.S. Bank Stadium. And you get to run out of the tunnel this time with your name getting called this week. I'm pretty sure it'll be Hopefully. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't this last yeah. week. So what mm-hmm. do you think that moment's going to be like for um, you? It's it's amazing. You know, um, I, I, I really, you know, being here for the past, you know, 11 years um, with my little sabbatical I had last year, <laughs> um, it's, um, it's 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 one of the best feelings. Um I think the only way you're going to get that outside of football is probably jumping on a plane and I'm not jumping on a plane no time <laughs> yeah, soon. No. <laughs> but um, that that adrenaline, that rush, that, you know, 60,000 fans, whatever fans yelling your name, screaming your name. It's it's unbelievable. It's the best feeling. Yeah, it was funny. My parents are from Louisiana. They came up to the game in Minnesota for the first time. They were walking around and they were like, there are a lot of Griffin jerseys. I mean, the fans still just want to yeah. see you in action. Yeah, they, and that's got to feel good. It does feel good. You know, it feels good. And, you know, and I got to give them some action. You know, um, each and every week it's just fun for me to be back with this team and, you know, um, and, and have fun with it. I can see a sense of like maturity and gratefulness and, and just happy to be here. And, mm-hmm. and is that, is that help you alleviate some of the pressure when you play? Yeah. You know, um, you know, working my way back, you know, it was, it, it was, it wasn't rough. I'm not going to say rough, but you gotta, you know, stick to your routine, stick to, stick to what, you know, my, my movement plan, my weightlifting plan, you know, and just find a way to get back into your groove. And now that my groove is coming and I feel more snappy, more pop, um, just to be able to go out there and help the team even more, you know. I just want to help the team more, you know. Um, I want to, I want to win the Super Bowl, you know. Um, oh, you they know, love to hear that. You know, <laughs> I want to win the Super Bowl, um, but we got to take it game by game. And Cleveland Browns is on our list, and we just got to do the right things this week. Well, Everson, we really appreciate you being on the podcast this week. You're definitely a fan favorite. Just in my short time being here, I know that they love having you back. And, and I love them too. We can't wait to see more Sack Daddy dances. Yeah, there's a lot more to come. I promise you that. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, for you so me. much. Appreciate the time. So great to hear from a guy like Everson Griffin, who had a sack in the last game, and and Russell Wilson obviously didn't like him in his face at all. But we're happy to have him here. And, you know, we expect big things this season for Everson. Uh, and hopefully he can rattle Baker Mayfield this time around. So let's get, talk about this Browns matchup. Uh, we have a fast tradition here at MVP that it's developing where we are going to talk about two things we're excited about and one thing we're nervous about. And so, Corso, since you've been the lead so far in the show. We are going to let you take those honors again. So after you. I'm very excited to see the Browns offensive staff that has a lot of members that used to be here with the Vikings. And, I, you know, I can go down the list. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski was here for 14 years, played every single role on this Vikings offensive staff. Um, Drew Petzing, who's the tight ends coach over there with the Cleveland Browns, he was the wide receivers coach, quality control coach. He covered just about every uh, – 
position here with the Vikings and a really good friend of mine. So I'm really excited to see um, those two guys. And I can go go down the list. Jeff Howard was on the defensive side of the ball. He's now on the defensive side as a linebacker's coach over there. So there's going to be a lot of connections here with the Cleveland Browns, and I'm really excited um, to see kind of how that plays out in this game. Uh, Number two that I'm excited about, I will go with – I want to see Greg Joseph keep banging in kicks. I mean, there you go. That's an underrated thing we didn't talk about, that he you know, rebounded from a really tough missed kick and found a way to just make every single kick um, in, a, in a game where we needed points against the Seahawks last week. So I'm um, really excited to see how he continues this going forward for special teams coordinator Ryan Ficken. Um, the thing I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about, I think it's the defensive line. Uh, we were talking, Gabe and I were talking yesterday, go looking at the offensive line, and then I was like, dude, what about these pass rushers on the defensive side of the ball? Miles Garrett scares me in more ways than <laughs> rushing the quarterback. <laughs> and it's a big man. <laughs> yeah, he can, I, he's just a game changer, and we've talked about the game changers over the years, the Khalil Max, and, you know, players that we, you know, can just take over a game and mess up everything that the Vikings are doing offensively. I think Miles Garrett has the opportunity to do that. Hopefully, uh, the crowd doesn't let that happen. And you can't forget the other guy on the line is Jadavian Clowney. And he may not be... I was trying to forget about him. I know. <laughs> he, may not, he may not be... You know, I saw him in Tennessee, and he... he He's not going to be, he's like J.J. Watt. He's not going to get the sack stats, but he's going to affect the game and you're yeah. going to have to worry about him. And yeah. so I think it's going to be that same effect. Um, this offensive line's got their hands full, but I feel like we say that every week. And so at this point, we just need to trust these guys because they seem like they're gelling very well. So hopefully, you know, that works for us this time around as well. So, Jay, would you like to go next? Uh, sure. That's Two things you're excited about and one thing you're nervous about. I am excited about I'm going to take a Corso take, and I am going with the Kirk Cousins play at this point throughout yeah, the season. Right? Wow, Jay. He is currently just under 74% in his completion percentage. Mm-hmm. He's got eight touchdowns and no picks. I mean, Kirk is on an absolute roll right now. Tear. One thing that's kind of interesting <laughs> about it, too, is that there seems to be this shift in attitude, and whether it's just we're all projecting this now because he's playing as well as he is, but you just you you see him a little bit more just stern when he's on the sideline too it's it's all business and and all business kirk right now is is absolutely dealing out there uh the second thing is the i'm looking forward to the fact that our defensive line i think is going to be able to have an opportunity coming up here against cleveland in the first three games cleveland's given up nine sacks so far and there were five of them in the Chicago game. Everyone talks about how Cleveland had nine sacks against the Bears. The Bears had five sacks against the, the Browns this past week. <laughs> wow. So it was a sack fest there in, in Chicago. But the the or the thing for me with, with the game is just I feel like we've been getting some decent pressure. You saw Daniil running all over the place. You know, we talked to Everson here. All of those guys they're just they're getting to a point now where everyone's comfortable with with their roles and what they're doing and you're starting to see some real real impact on that field and so defensively I think our defensive line needs to get in Baker Mayfield's face this weekend in order to to have an impact. What makes me nervous the the two-headed monster known as Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb mm-hmm. this weekend. Yep. Um you know, the first couple games we saw that there were some times where this defensive line was was getting gashed at times. And, and you you know, we were looking at it saying, well, we got Tomlinson and Pierce, so we're going to stop the run all the time. And what you're seeing is a lot of times, even in the Seattle game at the beginning, 
Carson and some of these guys were getting to the outside edge. They're trying to to get them outside to get some space going. They're not going to do as much up the gut. But these two guys in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they've got 427 yards of rushing so far this season and five touchdowns. So, like, that is their bread and butter. They want to control the clock. It's a Kevin Stefanski offense. They're going to try and run, 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 run. And um, the other thing on top of that is Kareem Hunt. He's got 104 yards receiving so far this season, which is leading the Browns for the season in total yards. So to me, it's those two guys. If you can stop those two guys and force Baker to have to throw to his tight ends and with Jarvis Landry out, OBJ, um, we know in the past when OBJ has played at U.S. Bank Stadium, he hasn't had the best game. So if defensively you can you can neutralize those two running backs, I think that's going to be a huge, huge thing for the game this weekend. Yeah, that's a, that, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on that, too, because that was also what I'm most nervous about. But Cleveland, uh, like you to your point, they rush the ball 102 times compared to their passing attempts, which is 80. Not much of a difference, but they're very similar in the fact that the run is going to be what drives them. Um, Kareem Hunt, I mean, it was a breakout game last week for him. And it's scary because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you alone, they're great. Yeah. Together with the different styles, it's scary. Yeah, and, and it, <laughs> it, 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 that's that's just it. Like in the past, you've seen teams that had kind of the thunder and lightning sure. style back backfields. That's how I look at these two guys mm-hmm. too. And even in those situations, you see Kareem Hunt in the backfield. You think, oh well, this is going to be a passing down potentially because he's catching a lot of passes. Sure. But they can hand the ball to him, and he can he can go yard and uh, any single play. So you just you have to be on your toes when both of those guys are in the backfield for sure. Yeah. All right, Gabe. Two things you're excited about and one thing you're nervous about. One thing I'm excited about, which I know I'm in the minority on, is this run game versus their defense. Um, This Cleveland Browns defense hasn't given up a 100-yard rusher since week 12 of last year. They've given the lat. So they gave up 200-yard rushers last year and then won the year before. So it's a challenge for our offense. When we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, they hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher the entire season. And we were the first team to rush for 100 yards against them. So... I, I'm up for the challenge. I think this this offensive line is up for the challenge, especially how they've been playing as of late. So I think if you put um, that chip on our offensive line shoulders and let's say Dalvin's back this week, I think it'll be a big game because a lot of people fear this Cleveland Browns defensive line. But I think you can, you can run downhill on those guys and keep them honest. I think the, the play sheet will look similar to the way it did against the Arizona Cardinals. They had two really good defensive ends also. And what we did was run the ball downhill and force their defensive ends to stay disciplined and not get upfield as much. So I'm confident about that. Secondly, I'm confident about what we will do on third downs this week. I think if we run the ball downhill and get, you know, two or three, four yards on first and second down, I think the opportunities will be there uh, for our offense to make some plays on third down. So this Cleveland Browns defense is the seventh worst third down defense. Um, they're giving up third downs 47% of the time. And I think coming off of last week's game where we were 9 of 14, 64% without Dalvin, I think if we're getting positive yards, I think we can continue to convert third downs. I know I said this stat earlier. Uh, we we averaged third and six last week. And averaging third and six, I think that puts um, the ball in our court as far as like what do we want to do on third down because there's not really – many blitzes or schemes that you can do as a defensive coordinator to stop somebody who's in third and short. You either got to, you know, stack the box and play the run or we spread you out and, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins gets a little QB draw up the middle. Okay, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> but maybe we can, you know, exploit their defense in that way because we know they're coming. We, we know they're coming. And I think the biggest thing that I'm probably 
nervous about. Of course, so just picking off your point, it's Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Um, last week, uh, four sacks for Miles Garrett, two sacks for Jadavion Clowney. When Jadavion Clowney wants to play, there's nobody in the NFL right now that can play with him. And I'm not even talking about Miles Garrett, who is probably the most feared defensive end in the NFL. Uh, like there, there are so many plays where those guys don't make sacks, but they affect the passing game. They affect the quarterback. They force turnovers, or they first they force quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hand before they want to. So we still got Rashad Hill on on the back end. So I think if he has a big game, we'll be okay. But it's you know that's a big if because he's been tasked with a a heavy duty as of late. So you just hope he can continue to stack together some good games, especially against arguably the best defensive ends in the game right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Rashad Hill is having his welcome to the NFL. Not that he hasn't been here, but his welcome to the NFL season where he just gets big D lineman after big D- name D lineman. And, and for, with Christian Derisaw coming back But iron eventually. sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron. And I think <laughs> having an, a very sharp sword on the right side and Brian O'Neill, I think that yes. is making everyone better on this offensive line against these pretty – Ah, what's the word I'm trying to use? Stacked line. Stacked line. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, too, for Rashad, I think, you know, he's probably tired of hearing everybody say, but we have Rashad Hill. Yeah. You know, he's like week after week after week, I'm going against killers here. And as we've been talking about, this offensive line has been playing lights out, at least, especially last week. It just it felt really good to see them play well against a, a, a decent defensive line there in Seattle. Um, not necessarily what we're used to, but. Again, you get another test this week, and if if that entire offensive line is gelling, um, you're definitely going to have to see it this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be tough to beat if we're gelling. Well, I am excited to see Justin Jefferson back out there after the performance he had last week. Last year, he really didn't come into his own as a rookie until after week three. He exploded against the Titans, and then from then on, it was just go, 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 and he obviously had a record-breaking season. So he's the quickest Viking player to reach 100 receptions. Nice to see uh, that happen. 19 games, you know, over 100 receptions. Pretty darn good. So I'm pumped to see him this week. Uh, he just, I know, posted on Instagram the other day about how they're, what what year two sophomore slump. Yeah. thought that was a little premature. But, you know, I have confidence in him, and I like his confidence. And for someone like that, you know, if, if he's saying that kind of stuff publicly – you know it's been eaten at him for oh, the last for sure. couple of weeks oh, yeah. where it's just like, hey, everyone's got expectations. Well, but- if you sat on any press conference during training camp whatsoever, sure. there's not a time that someone didn't ask him, how do you avoid that? And so he's probably real bothered by it. Yep. So I'm excited to see him again. I'm also excited for clean football. I am just loving the whole no interception streak from Kirk Cousins. We had the Dalvin non-fumble. So really it should be no turnovers in three games if the refs did their job. You know, I'd like to see the defense force more turnovers. The the turnover differential right now is just plus one, but I like seeing the plus, and I really want to see more clean football from this team. I think that is a huge factor, especially, you know, we saw in the first two weeks with games that close, you can't lose the turnover margin. And, um, and, and they've been playing really, really clean football. In fact, Kirk Cousins has only thrown two interceptions in the last 10 games, and that ranks third in the league, tied for third in the league. So if we can continue that streak going on, I will be very excited. As far as nervousness, I am very nervous about Nick Chubb and the Cleveland running game. I, You know, it, Jay touched on it. It is, it's scary. They, they 
rely on that so much. Eight of their 10 touchdowns this season have been on the ground. And so you know they're going to go there. You know you've got to stop them. And so our our guys, you know, Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, they have their hands full. The pass rush needs to be effective. And you're kind of dealing with just another mobile quarterback. And so I think um, that whole tandem right there has me a little nervous. And, and and I think Baker's a wild card at this point. Yeah. I, you never know what Baker you're going to get. I'm still not 100% convinced you know, of him being this quarterback that's going to lead the Browns to glory, but they seem to like what they have in him, and and it works for them. So yeah, I'm I'm not really concerned about like Nick Chubb. I know I know a lot of people are, but the I think the biggest thing that concerns me about Nick Chubb right now is just how he breaks tackles. Like he's second in the NFL in broken tackles. He's broken seven tackles this year, and I think if we gang tackle will be okay like if you if you like go back and see like how he runs it's it's more so him just like trucking guys stiff arming guys versus two people tackling him at one time I feel like if we could you know get a lot of people around the ball when he has the ball in his hand I think we will be okay and I think that that's when you know Stefanski or the Cleveland Browns they tell Baker hey we need you to win this game now and when when Baker's throwing the ball 40 uh, to 50 times a game, that's that's where you want to be at as a defense. I think Baker's like uh, 14 and 20 when he's thrown the ball 28-plus times. So th- that's what we want. Just tackle Nick Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt and let let Baker beat you if, if you really want to beat this Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, it's like get a lead and force them to chase you. Right. And when that's yes. the case and you start pressing, that gunslinger for Baker Mayfield comes out. Right. And he is prone to make mistakes. Uh, Kansas City game at the very end, you know, the whole game they were winning, the very end they have to have the drive, and he throws a pick to seal the game for Kansas City to win the game that that week Mm -hmm. one. Like, everyone was going, holy cow, Cleveland's going to beat Kansas City. And his big mistake right at the wrong time was the thing that sealed the deal. So if you press him and get him thinking too much, he is prone to make some mistakes. I feel like, Gabe, you're our stats man. I always yeah. feel like you, you've got some stats. Like, you know, like a sax man, like a saxophone man? You're a stats man. I'm a stat, stat, I, stat, I feel like stat, we should get some... Man. <laughs> the, 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 the stat man? Yeah, I'm yeah, a stat, stat, stat man. Stat man. Because like, scat man? Because, like, you know, when you watch a lot of film, it's just like, man, like, why are they so bad here? Mm-hmm. Or like, why are they so good here? And it, it kind of makes you understand the why. I love so, like, it. I'll go back and be like, man, like, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, like, man, he just made four guys miss right there. How many tackles did he break? Mm-hmm. So... I'm always like trying to figure it. out the why and where does that compare to other running backs that's doing the same thing as him. Speaking of being able to stop the run this week, hopefully they this the Vikings team gets some inspiration from the big halftime ceremony that's going on at US Bank Stadium this week. If you're in attendance, Kevin Williams will be inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor, formally inducted at halftime. It's going to be a nice ceremony there. So, you know, hopefully we'll get to see the Williams Wall Part 2 or at least the, you know, reincarnation, the the uh, what what am I thinking of? They're trying to channel. There sure. you go. There's the word. Words are hard this today. Mm-hmm. Trying to channel their inner Williams wall. Kevin That's and Pat. A mouthful. <laughs> Kevin and Pat were were always an awesome tandem. Pair that with Jared Allen, Ray Edwards, and and everybody else. Brian Robinson. You know, just that group in general was a very very special group that really solidified in 2008 when Jared came in in 2009 and that run that that defensive line was amazing. So. Kevin is incredibly deserving. He's an incredibly super nice and soft-spoken guy, but uh, on the field, he was an absolute beast. And 
Kevin going into the Ring of Honor this weekend, I think when you talk to everybody who played with him, said it's incredibly deserving, and, and Kevin is very humbled by it. So I look forward to Kevin finally getting his accolades here and, and going up in the Ring of Honor at U.S. Bank Stadium. For sure. Should be a fun time. So we're going to end the show with a couple of shameless plugs. Who we got in the Audible this week, guys? It'll be Brian O'Neill. Nice. Uh, really excited to get a member of the offensive line on for the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, they they might look quiet in their press conferences, but these guys are really funny inside. Chatty Cathy's. They are. And, and <laughs> we're going to do our best to get Brian O'Neill to really, you know, open up as to how we know him. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward for Brian O'Neill on the Audible. Very nice. What about Vantage this week? Vikings Vantage, Vantage this week is Sheldon Richardson. And we know Sheldon played in Cleveland last year. And he couldn't come to a long-term deal there. So no toxicness on Vantage this week. But, of course, you got to ask him a few questions about, he's you know, how, how he's got a, he got the inside scoop. And I'm sure he's given, <laughs> given away some plays on how to stop Baker because he's seen him uh, 17 weeks in a row last year in practice. So Sheldon Richardson. Haven't heard from him much either this year other than when he got when he signed in free agency. So this would be pretty cool. And then on opposing viewpoints this week, we have Mary Kay Cabot, which is a name if you follow the NFL, you should – it should ring synonymously with the Browns. She's been covering them for 30 years. We're excited Jeez. to get her. Yeah. 30 years. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. She breaks news before the people on like network TV breaks news wow. when it comes to the Browns. So and it's hard to beat Schefter and Rappaport. So props to Mary Kay Cabot. We're excited to have her on Opposing Viewpoints this week. And also be sure to tune in to Post Game Live on all of our Vikings digital channels after the game, about 15, 20 minutes after the game. Uh, we'll wrap up the whole day with Ron Johnson, Gabe, Paul, and Ben Lieber will be on there. And so it's always a fun, fun time. Um, it's And, and I, I'll tell you from experience, it's much more fun after a win. <laughs> much more fun after a win. So hopefully we get uh, that second win uh, when the Vikings return to U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Kickoff set for noon. And just like Jay mentioned earlier, the fans were a big factor in this opener. We're going to need you guys to step up in a big way again this Sunday against the Browns. Thank you so much for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And be sure to catch all Vikings content on Vikings.com or the app. For Jay Nelson, Chris Corso, and Gabe Henderson, I'm Tatum Everett. And we'll see you back here next week. Skull Vikings. (laughs) 